This is Kit Simons and you are listening to the Fulham Focus podcast. And welcome to the Fulham Focus Podcast. My name's J-Mac and today I'll be hosting from the bubble bath of my 7th biggest bathroom in my penthouse above the Rocket Pub in Putney. Today's mission is to deliver your typical weekly bog-standard podcast as we try to flush away the memories of our dismal display against the Gunners almost a fortnight ago. I have the pleasure of being joined by Mr Don Love who lifts us up where we belong. Don and I will preview the crucial six-pointer this Saturday in Wales. Like old mates at a pub, except I'll be way above him sipping extra bubbles of my champagne while he'll be having fosters at the rocket beneath me. But first, thank you to Kit Simons for opening the show. From a scout, to a coach, to the team first team manager. Kit has done it all for Fulham Football Club. As a player, he made 129 appearances, scoring 14 goals, 11 of which came in the first of two title-winning promotions, accumulating 101 points in each season. 17 years on and Fulham remain in the only club in this country to record a century of points on two separate occasions. Bloody outstanding. Kit Simons, we salute you. Now, let us start the show. More bubbles, please. Fulham. And welcome back. Now, breaking news, hot off the press. Shahid can't do it. He is pulled out of the Wembley deal. He said... I've been clear publicly, as well as my correspondence with the FA Council, that it would require a proper partnership with the full and enthusiastic commitment of all involved to maximise the benefits to the FA and game of football by way of 100% private ownership of Wembley Stadium. At this moment, following last week's FA Council hearing, it appears there is no definitive mandate to sell Wembley and my current proposal subsequently would earn the backing of only a slim majority of the FA Council well short of the conclusive margin that the FA chairman has required. The intent of my efforts was, and is, to do right by everyone in a manner that strengthens the English game and brings people together, not divides them. Unfortunately, given where we are today, I've concluded that the outcome of a vote next week would be far from sufficient in expressing the broad support favoured by the FA chairman to sell Wembley Stadium. Until a time when it is evident there is an unmistakable directive from the FA to explore and close the sale, I am respectfully withdrawing my offer to purchase Wembley Stadium. So, Don, how are you and what do you make of this news? I think it's sad. Yeah. It's a complete shame because I really think this could have been a good deal for all parties involved, okay? You could have gotten Wembley off the books. You know, the FA would not be financing uh, the, the stadium anymore. They would still have their offices there. And you would have an owner, a private owner, who has the funds, the, the means, and the desire to keep it, you know, at a great condition or, or you know, add upgrades, things like that. So I, I think it's personally, I feel bad for Khan. I think this would have been a really good deal for everybody around. You know, it's a sad day in football. Yeah. Well, I, I think a lot of people on the sort of Twitter and social mediaing right now are celebrating this news as, as if football has won today. And I, I don't feel that way. And I honestly feel if I wasn't a Fulham supporter, like all of, a lot of us right, uh, that do this show, I wouldn't have been as aggressive towards this deal as, as a lot of people have been. I think it was actually a bold move. And we have seen how Shahid Khan has been so respectful to our club and what he intends to do with the cottage and the refurbishment that he plans on doing there. And so what, what happens now? I mean, do you, think, do you think he'll try again or do you think he's going to perhaps move on to other things? You know, yeah, I think it's hard to say. I, I, I go back, though. I want to hear the English side of this. So what, in your mind, is the reason that everybody thinks that this is a victory for football? I think a lot of people have seen this as a betrayal by the FA of them selling the home stadium and what I think a lot of people have got to realize is I, I don't know many other international national teams that have their own stadium at home I mean I, I, I think this is actually something that 
doesn't matter and, 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 and never mattered to begin with. And the fact that grassroots football hasn't been funded for such a long time now, it would have benefited the game in the long run and for producing more homegrown players, in my opinion. So, the United States, obviously, you know, we're however many times bigger than England. But I, I can understand having your own national football stadium and, and, and the pride that could come with that. But, yeah. you know, in the States, because of the size of the United States, we hold our national games all over the States, the North, the South, the East, West, everywhere. And the reason being is because we want, or I hope the reason being, is because the football league here, the soccer league here, wants everybody to be able to attend the games and, and experience and support the teams. They don't want to just put it in one central location. Now, I get mm -hmm. it. You know, England's a lot smaller. It's easier for you guys to travel to, uh, to London via train and things like that. I don't get the whole national stadium thing. Uh, that's just me personally as an American. Sorry. But I personally think it would be in better hands with Khan off the books, not being paid for by the FA. The FA could take that money instead of paying for the upkeep of Wembley and put it into grassroots football and put it into the development of homegrown players. That's me personally. Okay. I also think that Khan, like I said before, would still do a good job of upkeeping the grounds, probably improving them. And I'll bet you he'd even expand what comes to Wembley. And everybody's speculation you know, of that would be American football. Hey, I'm not an American football fan. I don't follow any teams. If Khan did that, though, I can't help but imagine that it's just one more notch, you know, in the economy for, for London and England and Wembley. That would be a good thing. So, again, I think, you know, Khan will move on. And I do think at a later date, he could revisit that or who knows with Khan, you know, he might find some other place that works just as well and build a whole new stadium. So if he does good for him, I think more importantly for us is what's he doing with Craven Cottage? Yes, precisely. Exactly. And for, for Craven Cottage, I mean, there have been rumors as such recently of three new developments that would be introduced to the new Riverside stand. But before I say that, he actually confirmed in a letter recently, while the sale of Wembley was still up in the air, that he could expect to see shovels in the ground come the end of May in 2019. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I think that's great. I mean, yeah. you know, the beauty of Craven Cottage is its charm. It's a real football stadium, okay? I could see Khan developing it into somewhat like, say, uh, the Chelsea area. I, I have gone to the Chelsea Stadium area. And what I mean by that is if he had, say, a better entertainment bar slash pub, you know, where you could come and there's all kinds of TVs there for everybody to sit and watch, you know, and drink and, and eat and then, you know, have the other amenities that they're talking about. Um, what, what were the other rumors? Uh, we have a, a, a Michelin star restaurant and we have a chess academy go. and we have a fencing academy. <laughs> there you go. Okay. So we're going to throw in the prawns. We're going to throw in our, our, our gin and we're going to have us one hell of a bar, you know, one hell of a pub. So I think I'm someone not... said we're going to wave the fencing academy. We'll have some prawn skewers, which is fantastic. Yeah, That's a contribution by Morgan. <laughs> you, know, you know, I think if they develop what I, the vision I saw last of all the glass and everything for the Riverside, I think it could be an awesome addition and just, you know, something phenomenal to be able to say, look, look at this, how good, how good it looks from the river, how appealing it is from the river. And, you know, I've actually walked the last time I was over there, I went on the other side of the Thames and I'd never done this. I walked to the side where all the crew and the skulls are. And I walked that all the way down and I saw the riverside from across the Thames and, you know, it's it's kind of bland in my mind. It's not like, oh, my God. But I could I could envision and see if that was all glass, a complete, you can walk all the way across uh, the riverside. You don't have to stop and go around Craven Cottage or anything like that. I could yeah. see that as being really phenomenal and, and make it a real true destination that people want to go and see. So I'm happy that he put out the statement. I'm very happy. Yeah. 
Me too. And it's those plans that we've seen already of the Riverside that gave us all hope that actually the sale of Wembley was a good thing because he has made a big promise to one of the oldest stadiums in English football to make it very, very beautiful once again and make it a very even more historic than it already is. And if he had, he would have done right by Wembley. I know he would have done, but I think a lot of people see it as very black and white, as a, a foreign owner has come in here, he's going to change the game, we don't like him, we don't like him, get lost. And unfortunately, that's just people just don't know what they're talking about when it comes to statements like that about Shahid Khan, in my opinion. My thing right, is, so, how, how many billionaires are out there that are going to be able to do this? Well, yeah. quite. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know how many yeah, billionaires England has uh, ready that are, are into football and be willing to do it. So I think it's a loss. And, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah, we won't be moving to Wembley anytime soon while we have the Riverside up, unfortunately. All right, guys. Well, everyone listening at home, after this, we will move on to the Cardiff preview. Fulham. On guard, and welcome back. Now we have the Cardiff City preview. Now, Don, I was having a chat with Danny about this yesterday, and he mentioned the last time we faced each other in the Premier League, which was on March the 8th, 2014. It was a huge game and we lost away at Cardiff 3-1 and we had a Sasha Rita own goal in the last few minutes, I believe. And it was that game. We were already in the relegation zone, but we had a chance to get out of it. And instead, Cardiff beat us and brought us to the bottom and we stayed there pretty much forever. <laughs> and I've just got this feeling that this game actually represents a history repeating itself here. This is... In my opinion, the, the couldn't be the more definitive of a six pointer and this game has a lot riding on it. A lot of I mean, what what are your what is your take on this? Because well, I actually It's God. all those superstitions, right? Exactly. Exactly. This is a very Fulham like a potential Fulham ish thing that is about to happen. We let it happen with Sunderland with them having their first home win game and then luckily we started unbeaten run. But now now we actually have a very big window to actually slip on a banana skin here and do even more damage to ourselves when really we should be beating teams like this this is a pure championship side so for me it's you know a question of do we go there and the players let it get in their heads we haven't had good starts we haven't been playing well we've had a lot of injuries and we just completely fold or do you think we go there and for once we realize listen we're playing a team that is very beatable, especially right now. You know, they, they've not won anything uh, since being promoted. And there's a lot of questions around, you know, their manager, Warnock, if he's going to be sticking around or not, or if he's going to get uh, pushed out soon. So don't you think this is a very doable game and just forget all the BS and, and all the head games and the, you know, superstitions and just play, get, go there and play our game? I think on paper we should be beating these guys 3-1, 4-1. But as history tells us with Fulham, I feel there will be a psychological barrier, as you stated, that could prevent us from going farther than we should in this game. It's a huge game. And I also think that, I think Cardiff have had a, obviously a very tough time so far, but they are going to want to absolutely rip chunks out of us in this game and are going to want to be very... Well, the term is shithousery, but that is what they're going to be against us. And they're going to do it very, very well because they'll be at home and they'll have the whole crowd behind them. And there was that sort of rivalry between Fulham and Cardiff that was quite strong towards the end of the last season. Yeah, but we our last game against Cardiff was a beautiful game. It was a little dicey there at the end, but mm. we pulled it off 4-2. to two, So I don't see any reason why we can't do that. And, and you, you know... Warnock is just going to set up the way he normally sets up. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's what, how, how do you like to say, uh, shithousery? Yep. Shithousery. <laughs> Unadulterated. He, you know, for me, don't you think he's just going to do his typical stuff? He's never going to change. Okay. Uh, it's going to be route one down the middle, more likely, uh, long balls. He'll probably look for, and I don't know who, who really is in the Cardiff team right now. I didn't really pay attention to their players. I'm sure that he'll have some big lugs up there. You know, he's going to be looking to knock it down and be brutal hard in the box. Well, you in know, which case that that brings that's that that brings up a good point then because I was going to ask before what your starting lineup would be. Uh, would it this game be benefit from 
starting with a back five like we've been practicing with recently, or because they're going to be sitting back and waiting to hoof it up like you state, we should just go to our regular 4-3-3 and treat this like the golden days of last, last season. So for me, that brings up a, a whole can of worms that uh, <laughs> needs to be opened. It needs to be discussed, and it, it should be debated within Slab's coaching circle and, and needs to be figured out right away. You know, if you went back and read Danny Boy's article on his reaction to Arsenal, I think he yeah. had it spot on in several places. And, and number one was everybody complained that, and I was a big complainer of this, Slab doesn't really have a plan B, right, in your mind? Well, he certainly is very stubborn with sticking with plan A, and if plan A doesn't work, he just usually intends on making it better by... Some subs. Just keep... Yes, and sometimes his subs have been found incredibly, incredibly wanting. But right. we are starting to see glimpses of a, of a plan B with this three at the back and two wing-backs on either side, which is, I think, possibly the way to go because it worked quite well with us with Arsenal in the first half, but against top six, top seven teams. For teams like Cardiff, I don't think we should be setting ourselves up that way at all. Okay, so here's my thing about the whole plan B. If his plan B is going to be what he did was a three, mm. four, three, okay? Mm. Uh, a lot of people, that's from the official website. A lot of people thought he set up with five in the back, and it's pretty much the same thing. You've yeah. got you know, your two wingers. But here's my thing. We have shown that, you know, at the championship level, this is a great team. Oh, this would be a, a fantastic team, okay? Even with the injuries we've got. But in the Premier League, I think, you know, we've shown we don't have the pace. We don't necessarily have the skill, a lot of these guys. And we don't have the field awareness, I feel, a lot of times. And what I mean by that is, I've lost count, I don't know about you, the amount of times that somebody went to make a pass, a, a square pass, a back pass, and they didn't look over their shoulder and know who was around before they did. And yeah. they got pocket picked and, and gave it away so for me and you, you you can tell me what you think instead of doing that because the mm. problem is our wings are up high and they're supposed to stay up high okay yes they're supposed to recover some and they're supposed to be going back and forth but they're really meant to be attacking minded more than they are defending and what should have happened was you should have had your inside centers drop dropping more allowing for those wingbacks to stay high, and they didn't recover. If you watch that game, how many times did you see? Uh, it was Timothy, wasn't it? In, in the in there for next to Chambers and or, or Siri or whoever, and they had to recover. You had Chambers constantly having to. Oh, he's not going to get the ball. I've got to come back. Did Did you see him come back? How many times and have to recover because the inside backs or or the uh, the middle did not recover and actually go for the ball and help with the defense. They just stood there and watched it go by. Did, did you see that? I did see a lot of that. And I saw, I mean, there was a lot of criticism landed on uh, Zambo Angisa for, for, not, for, cover, for basically not pretty much doing two jobs because what happened was Cyrus Christie was given a lot, and I mean a lot of stick for that game, for something that he was clearly told to do. I mean, we've seen Alan Shearer give him a lot of stick for it. But I, what I'm really pleased, just to quickly mention about Christie, is that he has slightly redeemed himself, certainly with playing for the Republic of Ireland last week, but also from Martin O'Neill's comments, just saying how, you know, this is a good footballer. He's been told to do a certain thing. And I think if Cyrus Christie has that sort of mentality of just being a bit more disciplined and running back a tiny bit more, and well, obviously Slav giving maybe more defensive orders to him, then he will come good. But yes, I did see, I did see the problems that you mentioned. And I think Three at the back is something actually we're probably not going to be doing this game. And I think hopefully Cyrus Christie will start again. And I was just interested to say, injuries included, so no Mensa and no Joe Bryan. What would your back four lineup be? Well, this goes to formation. And this is where I personally think we could line up a 4-3-3 okay. and play our game. I certainly think we could at least start out trying to play our game. Well, we certainly Arnold. should, yeah. Now, if we're going to go to a plan B, my plan B is not three at the back. Mm. My plan B, and my plan B would not be five at the back. My plan B would be 
to go to a four, two, three, one. Okay. And this way you still have your wing backs or your, your outside backs attacking. I'd like to see more of that involved with feeding actually uh, Metro in, in the middle. I don't think he's getting enough service. And with that formation, we would have two holding guys that could actually help with it being in the middle defense. Uh, hopefully they would know better than we did against Arsenal. We've got to be able to drop back and support Ream or Limachon or Chambers or whoever is in there, Alfie. We have to be able to drop back and support them. Otherwise, we're going to be caught out like we did last time and we're going to get killed. So here's the, here's the question I want to throw out to you. Okay. You've got Adoy and you've got Christy as let's say possibly playing that right side. Okay. And if we do that, we slip like chambers in there with ring. Cause chambers I think is, is back healthy. If I'm not mistaken. He is. Yes. Okay. And then we have Lima Sean out on the, uh, the left side. Okay. Okay. What if maybe we started out with Odoy and Christy, and this is where it's kind of a toss of a coin for me. Neither one has really impressed me lately. Uh, Adoy worries me because uh, too many times we've seen him recover. He's slightly beaten. And what does he do? He ends up pushing somebody from the behind. And he's done this several times. I went back and I looked at several highlights. And there were several times where he's lucky he didn't get called. He was lucky he didn't get a card. Or he does end up doing the push and it ends up being a PK. Okay. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm up in the air about those two. Like who, who actually starts there? But what I wouldn't mind seeing is what if Steven Session came in instead? And if he doesn't start, give him a good run, you know, a good solid run in the second half. Because I think he could become maybe that person that takes over that spot right now, in my mind, because I've not seen anything else that really sticks out and says, that's the person. I mean, have you got anybody? No, I think, I mean, Steven Session to me is a, very interesting one because he played immensely well in the Millwall game and he was for a lot of it as a centre-back which I was not expecting at all um, and he was fantastic in that position and looked very 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 reassured in himself when playing there but the only thing I would say I would like to see Steven Sessegnon absolutely have a run in the team but I feel it is just another form of Slav bingo and for change of defensive lineup if we put him in for this game. For this game, I would personally, next to Tim Ream, like to see Alfie Mawson back just purely because of okay. the, the Swansea City rivalry that he had. Well, this, the fact he's played for Swansea City and had a rivalry with Cardiff. Um, and I think he'll be really gagging to play for this one. And he can play with his right foot. And I think a lot of people have... A lot of people are still remembering how awful he was. Uh, um, I'm that one Yeah, and that worked for the game. And I think he has a chance to correct himself here, especially against Cardiff. So I would like to see Tim Ream and Mawson in the middle, and I would like to see Christie back, but obviously giving more defensive discipline by Slav. And I think on the left, it will be either Cess or, I completely agree with you, it could be uh, Maxime Lamarchand. See, I'm thinking Lamarchand because we'll put Cess up. Yeah, I think Which so. Is where Cess really shines, in my mind, is being more up uh, on the wing. All right, so if you go back with Christie, and I feel like it's, it's, it's been missing, and that yeah. is not just the pace on that side, like really strong pace, but the endurance. You know, when it comes into that second half, it's like we run out of gas, and then it becomes even worse for Metro, who's getting no service whatsoever, okay? So what do we do to help with that pace? And my question is for you then, what do you do in the middle that's going to help with, you know, supposedly the recovery of defense? Like if we get caught out and there's a breakaway, who's that person you're going to drop in the middle then that, you know, if, if Christie's up high because he just made this run, is going to help with defending that right back position? Well, this is when three at the back seemed wise with having two uh, wing backs because then you'd have Dennis Adoy as a right centre back covering that position and also he can play at right back himself. Um, I think, I mean, to be honest, if we were going for the middle and we were having our, our Seri, our Kenny and our Angisa as classic, the classic three, 
I imagine Anguissa would have to fill that role just to give him an extra bit of cover. But I agree, that is a huge hole that he will leave gaping with his speed that he does produce on the right-hand side. So in answer to your question, I can't really see anyone else other than Anguissa as the defensive midfielder sorting that problem out. So this is where, and you give me your thoughts here and tell me, you know, uh, what, what your take on this would be. If we went with four and then two, okay, mm-hmm. why not bring in McDonald and have him kind of be your enforcer, one of the, the two holding guys, okay, that helps with Bream and Alfie or whoever is the center pairing with breaking that stuff up. And then you've got your three sitting in front of him who, you know, could be Schuler, uh, Siri, and Ryan Sess. You know, and then those three hopefully would provide more service for Metro. Okay. Now, yeah. as far as the, the pairing, I, I don't know who, who would, if I, if you dropped in McDonald, let's say we had two in front of the, the, the center backs. Okay. The back four, let's say we dropped in McDonald. Who would you bring in as say the center pairing or the other partner for that holding position in the midfield? Next to McDonald. Yes. Next to McDonald, I would probably, I'd probably have to have Anguissa again, purely because of his athleticism and the fact he is known to be, you know, very good in that position. And I like the idea that you've mentioned McDonald because I would like McDonald definitely to play in this match because this is, as far as I'm concerned, a championship-style game. And I think McDonald would be craving to get involved in this one. Um, but personally, in front, sitting in front of the defensive lineup, if we were going four-two-three-one, I would have McDonald and Angisa for sure. I could see Cabano maybe coming in and doing it. I know there isn't a lot of love for him out there, but we're starting to get thin, not only in the back but even in the midfield. Judging by what you're saying, I, I think it sounds very sound. But again, this is—is is this a game we want to be this dis- defensively minded against Cardiff? Should we not just absolutely go for it and dominate? Well, the beauty of a four-two-three-one is you can quickly become very attacking, right? Because you've got your outside backs up helping to attack. It it actually becomes like having five, you know, uh, in in the middle real quick, and it can actually help with. Let's say you had uh, Schuler sitting in the middle behind Metro who seems to have done this pretty well in the last couple of games that I saw him give possible feeds, you know, straight in for Metro to do quick turns and and take players on and and take shots. So I personally, this is just me. I wouldn't mind seeing plan B become more of a four, two, three, one. Let's stop with the fancy flavor of the day going with five in the back or three in the back, whatever. Let's Mm. get down to one formation and if our, that formation is 4-3-3, three, three, great. But then the plan B is X formation, and we get those players settled in as fast as possible, okay? Now, I got to ask you, here's a question for you, though, okay? Mm. If we don't get this stuff settled, and this goes sideways, yes, I, I love Slab, and I, I think he should still be supported at least until the, the January window. Oh, I agree. When do you think at some point people start thinking, uh, it's time for him to go. Uh, he, he's ridden as far as he can, and we don't want his reputation, like Danny had said in his article, to be tarnished and undone. Well, I'm glad you mentioned this because this was actually going to go into my next point that I was planning on making. There's obviously a lot riding on this game, a huge amount, and um, I don't think this game will determine what happens to Slab, but I do think the next three or four games will. I think games like this, games like Bournemouth, games like Huddersfield are going to be the ones where we start to really see whether or not he's cut cut out for this job. I love Slav and I want him to stay for as long as possible. I want him to stay indefinitely. But these three games against the clubs who are all around us, the the, the second league of the Premier League, if you get my drift, yeah, is yeah. very important. And I really think now that if Slav... If Slab is able to get some joy with the gelling finally starting to happen and the formations start to click, then I can see us going on a mad run, and I really hope I'm correct. But I think Slab will be given at least until January. I hope so. And I don't think the Khans would be so reckless as to do anything as brash as, as decide his fate just after this match. But even, even that being said, even after the next few games, we should be getting seven points from these next, few, these next three games, in my honest opinion. Seven at least. And if we can't, 
that's fine. But we will, he will be a marked man if he doesn't get the points. There. Seven points is a must. It's an absolute Seven. must. And, you know, you, I hate that term. Uh, it's a must win game. But don't you feel that this is a must win game or at least we take a point away from this game? I'll be honest with you, Don. I never really understood the term six points until I actually looked at this game. This is the complete definition of what a six-pointer game is. Um, we need this so badly. And what's really scary, this game's huge because they need it so badly. And they're going to go for it oh, with yeah. their style. And we're going to go for it with ours. And it's going to be quite tense. I mean, you it'll know be... Neil's feeling the pressure too. Oh, absolutely. But everyone is. And I'm actually quite nervous. I mean, I should go in there thinking... We should all go in there thinking we've got the better players, we should beat these guys. But there is something going on where actually, I'm doubting it because of the stakes here, but I'm also doubting it because I feel that Cardiff, and this is a question I want to ask you, do you think Cardiff feel like they have this upper hand, this slight advantage to the fact that they came above us last year? They've got to be thinking, you know, hey, this should be nothing. We should be able to win this, no problem. Uh, and, you know, even their their little Route 1 shithousery football it's produced some close results. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, they got beat bad by Manchester City, but didn't, who was it they played? It was like Arsenal or Man United or somebody. I need to look up the, the, the table real quick. It was like two to three or something. It was closer than you would think uh, against the top what is supposed to be. Yeah, it was Arsenal. Yes. You, you would think, you know, here's a top side team. The game should not have been two, three. You know, I would have thought maybe one three, uh, but I wouldn't have thought, you know, that close. Uh, they did score against, they, they did get one against Chelsea. So, you know, they they had a close game against Burnley, uh, two yep. to one. And then, you know, they only lost to Tottenham by one. Okay. Uh, and Tottenham is, is proven that they can be the side that can destroy a team. So, God bless, you know, you're right. It, it, it does worry me, but I just can't help but feel that if we could just get past all that crap and just think, okay, play our style, be patient, take the ball to them, you know, like we did in the past. This is basically two championship side teams playing like last season, only we've got better players now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was going to say, actually, Last week's result against Arsenal, because you mentioned Arsenal against Cardiff, I think, I mean, this is all very positive thinking. And you know what? We should be positive because we're not bottom. We, we, have, we have won a game and we're not like Palace last season where we hadn't won in 10. We're doing okay if we win the next couple of games. But to be even more optimistic, maybe too much so, our game against Arsenal, our 5-1 result, um, I think that could be a huge wake-up call that we needed. Not that we... I mean, we've already lost 3-0 to the likes of City, but I'm thinking this... I was going to say, we've had a couple of wake-up calls. We've had a couple of wake-up calls, but this one, I don't think that they can get any bigger than the one at Arsenal. And I think... I hope that this will... Well, this is... Honestly, the result against Arsenal was exactly the fire we needed to go into this Cardiff game, albeit away from home. And I really do think on paper and actually you know what in spirit for all of us that we should be absolutely killing this game 4-1 or 4-0 in my opinion what is your prediction of the score for this game 3-1 and i'm gonna say to us <laughs> I, I i'm i have a feeling that like you said we're gonna finally put a fire in our belly and we're gonna get better service into metro and he's gonna get two on the day i don't know where the third's gonna come from i got a good feeling maybe Schuler. Uh, I really mm. like how Schuler pops up and, and does things. But I could see Mitro, if he gets good service, him being back on top, putting us you know, in the back of the onion bag. So I'm, I'm all for, for Mitro. He's, he's going to do it in this game. I know it. Yeah, the question is going to be, and this is the hard part, again, that we don't want to keep hashing and beating, but you know, the lineup, especially the back four. So... Mm. And with the back four, I mean, the back four, the back three, I hope we have some consistency soon. And I really hope that, I mean, because you mentioned earlier. He he has had injuries from the very start. You had Reem, and then then what? We had had Ryan. And also uh, Timothy Mensah. Everybody, it seems like he's gotten a knock of some sort. It feels almost like we were 
we were owed this for having such luck with hardly any injuries last season, in fact, really. I mean, obviously, then Tom Kearney, but still. And, I mean, I can already see, for instance, that you were mentioning earlier to me off-air, as it were, that, you know, we're already looking at an extra defender, and possibly to buy in January, who is an Italian, I believe, who we looked at before. What is his name? You put it on me. <laughs> <laughs> the AC Lawn defender, I believe you say it, uh, Musaccio? Musaccio, yeah, Musaccio? exactly. Um, That's what we need. Yeah, Another you know, set of um, when I looked him up, I know we were looking at him last summer, but when I looked him up, Watford's actually also looking for him apparently pretty hard too. Now, right. here's my thing. I know we've spent $100 million on the players we've brought in. And on paper, you know, if everybody was uh, uh, healthy, uh, according to the, the recent Twitter poll that we put out there, most people think we should be in that middle table, easily, yes. you know, middle table. Is this just another, I don't want to say average player, but, uh, you know, he doesn't seem like he's getting a lot of game time, this particular guy. Are we bringing in just another kind of average player? Shouldn't we maybe be looking for a solid, you know, maybe he's fallen out of favor of an existing Premier League team, uh, you know, Liverpool, City, whoever, but somebody more solid who maybe has some experience, and I'm sorry, yes, is older than 23. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to go back to the old days nope. where we used to bring in old players, you know, and, and we'd scrape by, but I am a fan of having a mixture of ages. You know, I, I like having one or two older players on the field and this is goes back to, you know, I always liked having Murphy. He was he was an older player on the field, but look what he did. Well done. Uh, we've already been we've already been linked this uh today. Another rumor circulating today is that we've Oh, you're kidding. We're, we're, Who? We're, we're apparently rumored for Jan I mean, this is crazy to be talking about Jerry, but it's just interesting because he's very old <laughs> for a footballer. Um Ivanovic, ex Chelsea, 34 years old. Apparently we're looking at him. So, you know, who Wait knows? The 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 um He's from, not Russia, he's from, um, uh, he was the big outside back for Chelsea. That's right, yeah. Actually, I'll tell you what, I've, I've never been a fan of his, oh, okay. but there are things that I admire about players like that, okay? And, and this goes to things like Rooney. I've never been a true fan of Rooney, okay? But I admire things about him, and this is what I try to instill and teach to the kids that I coach. If you look at Rooney or, you know, Ivanovic, when they lose the ball, man, they are dog hard to get back on it and and make up for their mistake, and, you know, and and correct it and win the ball back. And I love that. I think that's beautiful. Well, and I love that's that it. They're scrappy. And I think uh, what's interesting about Ivanovic, why well, it's not interesting, it's pretty bloody obvious. But the fact is that he's also Serbian, and there is another potential Serbian connection. There. That's it. Okay, so it's Serbian. Okay, I yeah. knew. And he it plays was... at right back and at centre back. Now, I never saw him play at center back. Well, it's a... He always played right back. And what I thought he did well, at least, you know, in his younger days at Chelsea, was he played that wing extremely well. He got up and down and back and forth, and he put in great crosses that mm. Hazard and all those other guys, you know, got to feed off. So that's exactly the kind of player I could see doing, you know, bringing him in. If he's still healthy and he's still got it, okay. Exactly. I will overlook the fact that he played for Chelsea. <laughs> Well, we've looked that over for Shola, who's been absolutely wonderful for us this season. And I hope I hope that they, the goals keep coming for Shola, because Shola has been quite, dare I say it, quite reckless with some of his shooting, but at least he's taking shots and at least he is going for it. He is, has potential to be a Fulham favourite, if not so already for this season, at least. Okay, so here's my thing about Schuller. Uh, and like if, if we're doing the 4-3-3, the top three, okay, Schuller, Mitro, and then uh, Vieto? Am I saying that right? Vieto, yeah. So I like Schuler and I like Vieto, but I kind of see Vieto being more of I'd like to bring him on as a sub. That's a lot. You you are the third person that has said this done. How interesting. Go I on. think he could wreak some havoc against tired legs. Mm. You know? I I I could see him really being that guy. I know he would hate to be, you know, the super sub as they so called call it, but I could see that happening. And, you know, 
do something a little different where I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Schuler getting more feed to where maybe he's dropped in. Maybe you, you play a staggered one, one at the top where Schuler kind of sits more in the middle and they kind of feed off each other, Metro and, and Schuler. Uh, I could see that working really well. Yeah, I think you're right. And I also, I've got to say that I think I like the, I like the idea of Vieto coming on as a sub and I think he has a stamina that is incredibly unique to a lot of players that I've seen actually in our team. But I think Vieto has to start this weekend if we're going with three at the top, which I assume we will be. I well, think... The only reason I would say start, he's got to start, is we've got to have some type of gelling somewhere. Okay, exactly. It's not in the back, so we got to have it somewhere on the pitch. You know, exactly. Might as well be at least at the top. You know, I I I think my final thoughts on Cardiff is going to be, we're going to win it. I've got a really good feeling about this. I'm going in as positive as as can be. I, I would like to see. Uh, fans on Twitter and the media be just as positive. Uh, get behind the manager. Get behind the players. We've got to keep trying. We've got to keep going with what we've got, okay? Uh, it's $100 million spent. I know we should be doing a lot better. But don't you think for what has happened, injuries and everything, that you know it's a tough job being in the shoes of Slav right now? It is. It is. And I think he's a man suffering from – believing in his own philosophy to the end <laughs> i think he's now, been that listen, way if, if, his philosophy is a great philosophy okay and it is the philosophy of the day or the, the flavor of the month as i like to say it attacking football okay if you dropped him into the man city i'll bet you he'd be at the top of the league okay you give him that kind of players i'll bet you he's top of the league chelsea top of the league okay the problem is we don't have those kind of players so what makes a manager great in my mind, you, you know, correct me if you think it should be different. Uh, a, a good manager should accept what he's got and the formation and the style should fit the players you have. And now I don't necessarily think that's 4-3-3 right now for us. And I've said it before. It's because of pace, field awareness, stamina, um, and, and just skill, techniques. I don't think we've, we're quite there at that level. So, Very good. Very good. All right, then. I think we'll wrap this up. This seems like a really good preview, man. And uh, after this, we will have a little bonus feature for you. Fulham. And welcome back. And now we have a special, special feature for you. We won't be doing the quiz this week because obviously it's just Don and myself and we can't obviously play against each other because I have to read the questions and then obviously, therefore, it would be cheating. So this week we have something called Focus Bingo which is where we all decide at random who will be the starting lineup for Cardiff. As you all know, it's been quite a indecisive and inconsistent road of our lineup so far. So we've decided to make fun of that by just having a fun little game of bingo. Now, Don, sir. Yes, sir. So we are going to start with the goalkeeper. You'll have a number one to three that you can pick from for that goalkeeper. And then from then on, you have numbers 1 to 20 where you can pick, starting with the left back all the way up to the striker. And we're going for a 4-3-3 formation. Classic slab. Okay? Yep. All right. Let's see how (laughs) inconsistent this lineup is going to be. And just for the record, this is not a piss take of slab at all. We love slab. This is just a bit of fun. Just a bit of fun. Okay. So well, who knows? Maybe this will be the lineup. It could be the lineup. You never know. I mean, I think. I mean, maybe I should give you a prize actually if it is the lineup. So, all right. So, goalkeeper, I need your number one to three, please. I'm going right down the middle, number two. You've gone with Marcus Bettinelli in goal. Excellent. <laughs> Very good. This is a good start. Marcus well, Bettinelli, I'm number two. All right. The position of left back. Uh, and what are my numbers? One through what? 1 to 20, my friend. 1 through 20. Okay, let's start with number 13. Number 13. You have Steven Sessegnon as starting left back. Hey, what did I say earlier? What did I say? I like it. Yeah, there you go. Okay, center back, left center back. Uh, let's go with 6. You go with his brother, Ryan Sessegnon. That is Ryan Sessegnon beside his brother as the left center back. Okay. Okay. Right center back. Uh, let's go with 17. 17. 
you have gone with Luca De La Torre as the right <laughs> centre-back. It's Things are getting very strange already. Throw him under the bus. What are you doing, Slav? What are you doing? Okay, right back. Uh, let's go with two. Number two. You've gone with Kevin McDonald. Kevin McDonald at right back. Things are looking weird. All right. How many times now. do you think he's going to make it up and down the sideline? Oh, I'll have a heart attack. Okay, so, <laughs> right. Centre midfield at number one, please, out of the three. Uh, let's go with number 20. 20. You've gone with Alfie Mawson as a centre midfield. Uh, well, I mean, he might be up for it. You never know. Okay, the second centre midfielder, please. Okay, number six. No, yes. uh, five. I'm sorry, five. Number five. Okay, this is good. This is that's a bingo. That's Frank Zambo and Gisa. Frank Zambo and Gisa. So that is actually a position hey, that you can play. Okay. <laughs> okay, and the third cent- uh, centre midfielder, please don't. Eleven. Eleven. Dennis Adoy. Dennis Adoy. So so far we have Steven Sessignon. Ryan Sessignon and Luca Delatore and Kevin McDonald as the back four. Alfie Mawson, Angisa, and Dennis Adoy in the middle. Excellent. Okay, now we need the left winger. Who's it going to be, mate? Let's go three. Number three, Mitrovic. Up okay. front on the left, we have Alexander Mitrovic. Wonderful. And the center striker, please, sir. 16. Number 16. Okay, all right. It is the machine gun AK forty seven. He is going straight ahead in front in front of <laughs> it's actually not that bad. And the right winger, please, done. Oh, let's see. Let's finish with say number nine. Number nine. Stand by. John Michael Serry. Sean Michael Serry on the right hand side. So for your bingo lineup, we have starting in goal Marcus Bettinelli. At left back, we have Steven Sessignon. And the centre back, we have his brother Ryan. And the other centre back, we have Luca Della Torre. And right back, we have Kevin McDonald. For the centre midfielders, we have Alfie Mawson, Angisa, and Dennis Adoy. And on the left, on the left wing, we have Mitrovic. And the centre, we have AK 47. And the right, we have Sean Michael Seri. All right. Okay. Now. So let's say you redid that. Uh... And try to make it somewhat a legitimate lineup. Well, that's a good idea. What, what would be your back four then? I, I've, I've kind of got an idea of what I would do. With the players we've made already? Yeah. All right. So I would have Steven Sessignon on the left. No, would I? I don't know what, I don't know what to do. Uh, hold on. Because it might not be a 4-3-3 this. I'm just trying to... Well, uh, I'm sticking with a 4-3-3. And I've got okay. a fairly good idea of what I would do. Okay, come on, hit me. All right, so if it was a 4-3-3, we go ahead and leave Steve at the right back, Adoy, uh, Alfie, and then we go Ryan. And then in the middle, we go Zambo, K-Mac, Luca, and then we'll have AK, Metro, and Siri. And Siri is a number 10. Yes. And that's a bingo. That's my little Quentin Tarantino reference there. That's actually a really interesting lineup you've made from the chaos that we've basically... This could be a decent championship side. (laughs) I really can't believe that. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. All right. So that was a good fun round of Slav bingo. Or Sorry. That was a good fun round of Fulham Focus bingo for you there. Um, I think... Well, I hope we see AK soon. I mean, he wasn't exactly inspiring against Arsenal, but I do miss him and I hope we see him again soon for us. Now, moving on. Fulham. Okay, Don, sir, do you have any tips for fantasy football this week? Now it's finally back in the Premier League. So I really do stink uh, at the whole fantasy thing. Oh, that's hard yourself, man. Well, you know, uh, uh, if... You look at the Fulham Focus, I'm only 298. <laughs> so my tip, my tip is this, and we've mentioned this, I believe, before, okay? Mm. You, you got to get hazard in, in your lineup. Um, I think that's going to be a big thing is uh, you've got to have hazard, okay? The other tip I would have is go online to the fantasy website, pull up the Fulham Focus uh, league that we've got going, and start looking at the top 10 guys and seeing what the hell they're doing. Like, 
shouts out to Bollywood Billing, number one. <laughs> Metro's on fire, number two. Classic. You know. Obi-Wan Kenobi Nil, uh, <laughs> number three. White Wallers. I'd start looking at these guys. So like Metro's on fire. If I randomly pick him up, I see his number one guy uh, is actually, actually he's got a couple of good guys here. He's got Hazard. He's got uh, Trip here. Uh, yeah. Made seven points. He made seven points last time out. Um, and then who is that? Is his, oh, he's got the Wolves goalie, um, Patricio. Oh, yes. So he, he picked up nine points uh, on the last time out. So, you know, Hazard in there and Hazard being your captain, I think, is huge. I'm going to go for a very simple tip with this one. And this is the first time I've bought him. I'm guilty. But I've recently just got rid of Obama Yang and just bought Mitrovic. I think Mitrovic, as you hypothesized earlier in the pod, is going to have a worldie in this game. I've got a feeling that he is going to score two Dare I say even more? Whoa, whoa, so whoa, I've made whoa, whoa, wait, 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 wait. Back up, back up, back whoa, up. What, what, what? You just now bought him? I only just bought him now. I've been, because I don't Are want. You I, a schmuck? I know, I know, I know. Basically, I started off with Sessignon and I just went with the flow of that and I went with it for far too long. So I've now got two full plays in my One spot. player I've constantly always had. I know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I think also Aguero, I mean, if you captain okay, so him let's against Let's talk Burnley. about your team real quick. You can Go have on. three. Fulham players. Who are your other two? I don't have three. I only have two. Ah! Oh. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. You call yourself a fan? I, I try. I try. I mean, I try to be. I don't know. I just basically. I, I, I originally. My team sucks, but I've always had at least three in there. No, I, 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 I haven't. I haven't. But I am 111th in Fulham Focus. So, I mean, you know, who needs y'all? It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> are you 111? I'm 111, yeah. Yeah. You're, you're a hundred and some better than me. Thank you very much. Like Bilbo Baggins' birthday. Now, all right then. <laughs> so, I think it's time to wrap up. Um, thank you all for listening. And don't forget to subscribe and rate us on iTunes and tell all your friends about us, of course. Now, next week's show will be out on Tuesday morning where we'll have a look at the match of Cardiff. Hopefully, it will be an absolute drumming over then. And we look ahead to the Bournemouth game back at the cottage. So it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from... Mr. Don Love. Goodbye, everyone. Lots of optimism. Lots of optimism. Yeah.